G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I am starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. So the, the first thing that people should look at is like, is there one thing in my business that, that I could teach to someone else? And, and for some people, it's like, like graphic design. For some people, it's audio editing. For some people, it's like marketing materials, like can I hire someone to design me marketing flyers? Or, or for some people, like investors often, this is like lead generation. Can I hire mm-hmm. someone and teach them how to look at for sale by owners and contact all these people and see if they'd be interested in selling to me or whatever it is, right? Like distressed properties or, or tax sales or whatever it is. Can I hire someone and teach them to generate leads for me, how I would do it if I was going to do it? Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom massive amounts of cash flow and ultimately create extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with John Jonas. John has helped thousands of entrepreneurs succeed in their business by doing outsourcing differently. He has created the world's largest website for finding virtual assistants called onlinejobs.ph, which has over a half a million resumes and over 100,000 customers using his service across the globe. John is highly sought after for his expertise in how to hire rockstar virtual assistants, helping business owners accomplish time freedom, and helping talented individuals overcome economic challenges. I'm really pumped and excited to have him on the show today to share his incredible journey with us and his insight into the world of virtual assistants. But enough of me let's get out of here 
G'day, John. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Mate, uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts, can you rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid? Yeah, so as a kid, I worked, I had a paper route delivering papers, right? I mean, that, that's, that's my first money as a kid. Um, right. Not my first money online, and I could talk briefly about that if you want. Sure, yeah, let's yeah, talk about that. A- so, any way of making money. Yeah, so this is like 2003, 2004. Um, I, I, I graduated from college in 2003. I had a job for eight months out of school. My only goal during that job was to quit. And, and it took me 10 months to quit, right? And during that time, I found this software that would build websites for you. And it was, it was building really, really crappy websites. They were stupid and not helpful and whatever. But it said that it would make you money. And it was kind of a get-rich-quick scheme that actually worked. Hmm. And so I, I built a website. And within a few days, I had made like $10. And I was, I was shocked. And so I kept doing it. And then within a couple of months, it was making me like $1,500 a month. And, and that was really eye-opening. Like, oh, my gosh, you can make money on the internet. So right. anyway, that's, that's my beginning. That, and that was, was e-commerce big back then? No, no. yes. It wasn't. It, the, the, the dot com was big, but the e-commerce had not really hit, right? Right. Right. Yep. 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 So walk me through the journey now, like you, you, you from from making online businesses to what you do today. I'm sure there's been a few iterations and a few false starts. Uh, tell me what makes you tick these days and how you got there. So if I go back a few months before that, before I graduated, I was I, ha- I was having a conversation with one of my roommates in college, and we were talking about what we wanted to do in the future. And he was in pre-med. I knew he was going to be a doctor. And, and I said to him, you know, I, I want to run my own business. Be, and he was like, well, that, you know, whatever. And I was like, because I, I think I can, I, I want to be able to control my schedule. Right. And he was like, dude, don't you know that small business owners work more than anyone else? And I said, to, you know, just like being cocky, whatever. I said, well, I think I can do it differently. Mm. You know, and that was like a defining moment to me where I was like, I'm going to do this differently, you know? Um, so then I, I, have, I have my time after college and I takes me 10 months to quit this job and I'm working on my business. And, and that's when it really set in, like small business owners work like crazy, right? <laughs> so he was right. Your mate was right. <laughs> yeah, he was right. Like I was working 60 hours a week trying to run my business and not getting everything done that I needed to get done and realizing there's not enough time in the day. And I, and, and I don't know how to do some of this stuff and I don't like doing some of this stuff and I'm good at some of it, but, and that's when I, that was when I started trying to get help with my business. Like I started trying to outsource. And so I went through a few iterations of, of hiring people to help me before I found something that worked. And, and, and at the time, what was your business? So at the time, I, 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 had, I was doing some of what I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I, so all of my businesses were online. I, my first one was actually uh, a real estate business. It, it was, it was, and it, was, it turned out to be illegal. And I didn't know that, <laughs> right? So I built Go this on, we're all, we're all, The word illegal is, it piqued my interest. What, 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 what was it? So it, it was, uh, we built this whole big thing to... Um, like bring in leads and then refer them to realtors who were going to pay us for those, for that, mm. which is, it's illegal according to the board of realtors, I think. And so like nothing about what I had built worked. Um, it was really stupid. We never made any money from it. And, you know, just a total failure, right? Um, outside of that, then I started building like websites that were affiliate based. Uh, where we were, we were just an affiliate for other companies. You'd click on my link and it would get tracked. And if you bought something that I would get paid or we started selling some information products. Uh, we started doing some, there, there were a bunch of different businesses in there uh, before I figured out like I could, I could get help. Right. Um, so, so the first, the first time I went to get help, I went to a website called Elance, which mm-hmm. was, uh, at the time, it doesn't exist anymore. They merged. Isn't that, wasn't that Upwork.com now? Yeah. So they merged with Odesk and became Upwork. And they're giant, right? So it was the same principle as Upwork at the time. Um, I hired this guy to write 50 articles for me. 
because that was one of the things that was like, okay, I know, I understand how to do this in my business, but I hate doing it. Like this piece sucks. So I hired this guy to write these articles. He writes the articles, he sends them back to me. I was so excited because I had all these articles written. And then I, the, next, the next step was to think, what do I do with these articles now? Mm. Right? And that's when like the burden came down on me. I have 50 articles that I have to do something with. Like, but but what, why, why the articles? What, what, what made you think, I need 50 articles? What, what was that going to do for your business to make it move the needle? So at the time, uh, if you would write articles and post them online at, at various places, it would drive traffic to you. It was very effective. Right? And I knew that it was very effective. And there's all kinds of other stuff you do today that are similar to this uh, for an online business to drive traffic, right? So, so I get these articles and then I realize like, dude, I have to read every one of these articles, which I don't want to read. And I have to go post these on websites, which I don't want to post. And I have to link them to each other, which I don't want. Like there was this whole big burden that came down to me and I was like, oh, I can't. Like this doesn't work for me. This hiring a contract worker to do one thing and then you pay them and they're gone doesn't it, it doesn't work for me right um so i hired i tried hiring people in india and that didn't work and i won't get into why i think most people have probably tried that and it's not super friendly um and and i was about uh, at the point of giving up when i had a conversation with a guy who told me you know when you really start outsourcing some of this stuff make sure you go to the philippines with it and because I still had this thing in the back of my mind, like, well, I can do it differently, right? Like cocky college kid that really knows nothing about anything. Um, but that had become part of me. Like, I need to do it differently. And he told me this. He, he said, when you're ready to start out some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines. And that kind of gave me hope of like, maybe there could be something different, right? And so he gave me a reference. I waited two months before I hired someone because I, I thought like all the same things that everybody else thinks like, I don't think I'm ready for this or I don't know if I can afford to hire someone full time or I don't know how good they actually are or if I can find someone good for me. Or... And finally, I was like, dude, it doesn't matter. I, I have to take a chance because mm. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. It's, it, it's too much, right? And, and I want to just quickly jump in here because if a lot of people don't, know what they don't know right like they don't know that this can that time management and as a small business owner or an entrepreneur your time is very valuable and you don't get into a small business to just create a job for yourself and if you're not and so many solo entrepreneurs that i see particularly on this show they hold their business like a little baby right they don't ever want to get rid of it they don't they can't allow anyone to help them with it, which is their, 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 the ultimate, the failure of the business because they're the bottleneck. And so having that self-awareness, I guess, is to, to say, okay, I need help. Um, let's start there because I think that's the biggest mindset shift that people have got to get over, this fear of letting go. So how did you get over the fear of letting go? So for me at the time, it was really just a matter of need. Like either I continue working 60 hours a week doing stuff that I don't like doing and doing some things that I do like doing, but I know there's like tons of stuff that needs to get done that's not getting done. And either I'm gonna try something else or I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. And this mm. sucks, right? Yep. So yep. for me, that was like the end of it was, I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I have to try something different, even though it's uncomfortable and it's more expensive than I'd like it to be, even though it was super, super affordable. I'll tell you about that. Um, and I, it was super unknown, you know, like, I just, I don't know what I'm going to get, right? Right. I still, I took the leap. And so what I, what I would say for a lot of people is you don't have to go and give up your whole business. You shouldn't, right? Like right. there's a specific thing that you're doing that, that, and I'll give you an example. So, and, and this is what I, what I always tell people, you're ready to hire a VA when you have something that you know how to do that you can teach someone else to do. Mm -hmm. So this was this article marketing process for me where like, Writing the articles was fine. Like I could get someone to do that, but then the whole burden fell on me and I didn't want to do that. So I hired this guy and it was the single most liberating experience of my life where his full-time, his full-time job was to do anything I asked him to do. So I asked him to write an article and the first article came back and it wasn't very good. And right. so I had to teach him kind of how to, how to write the articles better. Right? So we worked through that and it, and it worked out really great. And then I taught him how to post the articles and I taught him how to write the head, the headlines and the resource boxes and, 
And then I taught him where to post them and how often to post them. And I taught him how to link them together and how to link them to my website. And pretty soon, within like six months, I had this massive presence online that I hadn't built, that this guy had built for me. And it was driving so much traffic and we were making tons of money from it, right? That's awesome. That's so awesome. so the, the first thing that people should look at is like, is there one thing in my business that, that I could teach to someone else? And, and for some people, it's like, like graphic design. For some people, it's audio editing. For some people, it's like marketing materials. Like, can I hire someone to design me marketing flyers? Or, or for some people, like investors often, this is like lead generation. Can I hire mm -hmm. someone and teach them how to look at for sale by owners and contact all these people and see if they'd be interested in selling to me or whatever it is, right? Like distressed properties or, or tax sales or whatever it is. And I hire someone and teach them to generate leads for me, how I would do it if I was going to do it, right? And, and I want to just quickly stop you there because I think the I want to get into the teach part in a second. But what what I think you're trying to say, and I, I talk a lot about this on the show, is um, and and I people have different colors for this, but I use black, blue, and red time, right? Black time is this like moving the needle, thought provoking, thought leadership type of stuff, getting on podcasts. The blue, you know, the blue time generates the revenue, but it's think of it like the manufacturing line. It's it's something that you don't need to be doing, but you need to be overseeing. And red time's all admin. You don't want to help me. You don't want to be in that at all. So it's like it's identifying those different times that that you can essentially say, okay, well, what what falls in the blue that 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 will drive revenue eventually, but I hate doing, or what follows in the, falls in the red. That you know, admin stuff, bookkeeping. There's so many different things. But sitting down and taking the time to list out what your week looks like, like what you did, where you're working 60 hours a week, and you're like, oh, I've got to do this task, and because my body subconsciously says I don't want to freaking do it, I'm going to kick it to the end and just keep forgetting about it, keep forgetting about it. So I, I just bring that up because I think it's very important for people to understand what tasks to assign because what, then when you start there, you can then go to the teach part, right? Which is when you talk about, okay, now I need to teach this person to be an asset to my business because that's the biggest thing. Right. I mean, it's so, it's so critical to, to recognize like, so, and here's, here's, a, here's a big difference in why, this, why it's critical to recognize what you're doing. So for most people, when they go to start outsourcing, they go and hire a contractor. And yep. the contractor is going to do one thing uh, on, on a single project, then you're going to pay them and they're done, right? And, and that was where the real shift happened for me was I hired this person full time. They work for me. They only work for me. So anything I'm willing to teach them is going to pay off for a long time. Right. So this was 2000 late. This was early 2005, like January, 2005. Wow. When I hired that guy, he still works for me today. That's awesome. Right. That's Amazing. Awesome. Right. So anything, and this is, a cultural trait of the Philippines that I didn't realize at the time, but they're super duper loyal, like almost to a fault. So when you hire them, as long as you treat them well, they'll never quit working for you. So that means, oh, I don't want to train someone, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have time. But now, because they're going to be with you for so long, you can afford to train someone. And, and it'll open up your brain to like the possibility of, I could spend some time teaching someone to do this to get this off of my plate forever. Yes. Right? We're a contract I, yes. worker, someone that is turnover, a local employee that you know, like a $12 an hour local person is not going to be with you in three years. Right? <laughs> That's not, it's not a thing. Right? So, it, it opens up what your brain will let you do. And that's, a, that's one of those things that you talked about that's like, you don't know what you don't know until you've done it. Like, I had no mm. clue hiring someone full-time, which was so scary, would make all the difference in the world. But again, it goes back to that understanding what those tasks that they're going to be able to do that can take off your plate that are mundane and then giving the freedom. One thing I want to add is when I first hired my VA, and actually I have a, I've had a VA for, for many, many years in, the, in India, Deepak, he's great, and you know, use him for everything. Um, but what I realized, and it's funny that when you do start hiring, um, particularly as a young entrepreneur, you start realizing that you become a ma you're a manager, right? And when you don't explain tasks correctly, I, like to your to your point about the article writing, I remember explaining tasks to Deepak in the in the beginning, and it would come back 
just rubbish, just like shit house, you know. And I'm like, what? The? And it was actually a reflection of me not explaining it correctly to him. And I had to change my mind shift, going, oh god damn it, I've got to spend an extra twenty minutes like doing this and that. Where now. I set up the system on the front end. It's a very long email, like step-by-step guide with screenshots and blah, 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 blah. And I might be one back and forth, but I became so much better on the front end at explaining it. And once I did it correctly, the, the teach side of it, um, it just, it became, he, he's now an asset. And that task, I'm like, hey, Deepak, remember that task we did, you know, six months ago? Do it again. It's like, sure, boom, off he goes. And it comes back, not like 99% baked. There's a little bit of back and forth always, but enough that I can trust him. And, and it, it it really is a reflection of you as an entrepreneur. And I don't mean to hijack the interview, but the, the reflection of entrepreneur in order to give, give the teach part of it, right? To give, to create the asset in the virtual assistant. I think that's super important what you're trying to get to. So I guess any comments on that before we get into the next topic? No, that's so, it's perfect because what you're describing is the difference between being a grunt worker and being a CEO. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Like yes. the CEO leads and guides other people and the grunt worker just does it himself because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, we, and we, and we, and we all, and so much of us just revert back to the grunt. Oh, stuff it. I'm going to do it myself. Right. And, and the people that I see that, so like I've been at the four hour work week. Yep. Um, I've chosen to work a little bit more than that. So like uh, my time, I'll tell you a little about me, my time today, we started our interview at three o'clock. I went skiing today. Um, That's awesome. Where do you live, by the way? I live in Utah. Oh, sweet. So I went with my wife and we skied in the backcountry. We climbed a mountain and we skied down. And then I came home and sat at my computer and my kids got home from school. And so I didn't do any work. And uh, we had a family conversation. So I was actually late showing up, right? (laughs) Because because we got so engrossed in this family conversation. Um, But that's, that's where I'm at because... The only thing I do in my business today is I tell other people what to do. Mm. And, and I think through things and I tell them what to do. I don't do the work myself. Sure. I, may, I spend a lot more time on the front end, just like you said, teaching it or explaining it or whatever it is. But then this is how you cut your work week down is yes. you get other people to do the work. Yes. You just have to put in the upfront time. The upfront time, but also the time to sit down because as a business evolves, tasks evolve right yeah. and 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 over time you know this podcast for example like when i get off it i have got an up i've got a lady in london who audio, who does the audio for it and i copy and paste into dropbox she sends it back to me in a week's time and it's completely cut with all the intros and outros and i just go and upload it, it takes me five minutes on, on on soundcloud what i need to get better at is it's funny you came on the show is the, the redistribution right so once this is out there in the soundcloud world how to go back to old episodes and repurpose them to, for new content like and that's something that i need to work on as a as a content cr- creator but again I've, I've got so stuck in my business that i haven't found the time to sit down and go okay maybe i can use some of john's you know filipino assistance in the philippines to to help me with these mundane tasks so so i'll give you an example of this and people are listening you have you have a task like this right i you just described one of my tasks i have a girl who works for me who's her english is really really good and she's been with me for a long time she goes through my past blog articles, like long time ago. And she comes up with ideas for repurposing them. And she comes up with, with new content that we can post again today. And she like, she'll merge things together. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's all done for me. You know, like that's not it. I, I'm not doing it. Mm, and that's a big deal. So you just described and- one of the things that my VAs do for me. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's part of any online presence is repurposing old material, which is evergreen, right? It's evergreen content. What we're creating today, the thought process about delegating and being the CEO can be still going to be relevant in five years' time. Obviously, it might have changed over time. But but, um, but, but let's get into the the, the nitty-gritty of of how you started the virtual assistant business because the business itself is not just an easy thing to go and do. So because, you know, the same things come to my mind of like, well, how are you going to find these great people? How are you going to vet them? How are you going to make sure that they're trained in the standard operating procedures in order to provide value to your clients who are other small businesses who need these VAs? Okay, so I, I didn't set out to do this. Like this wasn't, I was hiring these, these VAs to work in my other businesses, my info product business, my affiliate businesses, all of that stuff that I already talked about. That's what they were doing for me. And then in 2000. 
six, so a year and a half after I had hired them, something like that, I was part of a mastermind group. We had phone calls every week. And I just found I, the group wanted to know about my VAs every single week. We were talking <laughs> about it every single week. And finally, I was like, Dude, what is going on here? So I recorded myself talking for an hour, describing everything I knew at the time, which was so little. And I put that out there on the internet and it went crazy. And people wanted to know. So then everybody in my mastermind group started asking me, hey, come teach my audience or whatever it was. And so I started teaching people's audiences how to do this, right? How to hire these VAs and, and why and what and specifics and things I learned. And, and after a while of being like, oh yeah, finding them sucks. Like, which is what it was like, finding them sucks. I'll tell you, when I first did it, I went to this agency. They said to me, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? I was like, I, I don't want either one of them. I want a content writer. They said, well, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? I was like, well. That's all I could think of, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll take a webmaster, I guess, right? And, and so they come to me. This is the first guy I hired that I already told you a story about. They come to me with this guy. and was like, here's your webmaster. <laughs> and, and it turns out, like, he didn't know anything. He wasn't a webmaster. They just pulled a guy off the street who knew some English and gave him the most <laughs> rudimentary training and was like, here's your webmaster, right? right. And I was like, and so it worked out fine because I was willing to train him on whatever I wanted to teach him with and he's amazing today, right? But when I went back the second time, here, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? Was like, I don't want either of those. And I was so frustrated. I was like, I just want to recruit someone myself, but I didn't know mm -hmm. how to do it. And so I had this idea of what if I built a little system where maybe I could get a couple hundred Filipino profiles into it and then I could recruit someone myself. Well, it took me a year to build that little system. I hired a programmer. I, give me a programmer, right? I built it and put it out there. And within a month, I had a couple hundred Filipino pro resumes. Uh, the Filipino people just loved it, right? And at this point I was teaching employers. And so I, I then just said to them, well, I just built this system like you, you can use it and recruit some people on your own. It's called onlinejobs.ph. Uh, and, and from there, like the employer started using it and the workers started using it. And then it just started exploding. That's and awesome. Beyond, like beyond, I, I, didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I'm interrupting this episode to remind you guys about the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. If you want to take your investing career to the next level and surround yourself with the best in the business, then apply today. Spots are filling up fast. I'm only taking a handful of people for the next round, so get your application by emailing me at info, I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com. Remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. Now back into the show. So, so how do you then vet the right type of Filipino person and short and well, I don't want to say Filipino, but virtual assistants um, in order to be the most valuable to those to those clients? So, so we don't. So here's here's the interesting thing of what of what we did. So we took that agency, like that agency model that I was hiring from before, and I didn't like it. Like I didn't want them to tell me who to hire. I wanted to hire on my own. So when we built online jobs, we said, we're going to create the marketplace kind of like indeed.com yep. where you're going to come on and post a job as an employer. The Filipino people are going to come and apply to the job and you two can then contact and email and interview outside of us and we're done. Mm -hmm. So when you hire that person, like originally I was paying $750 a month and the agency was paying him $250 a month. And you know, like this is 15 years ago. Uh, so wages have gone up quite a bit since then, but like probably double, right? Yep. Um, so now if you were to hire that same person, you would pay $500 a month because you just interacted with them uh, directly with them without the agency, without the markup, without the office involved, without, you know, the, the whole thing, right? So it's still cheaper 15 years later than it was when I started. Um, so, so we don't vet people. You do the vetting yourself. Like you go on online jobs, you post a job, or you browse the resumes, you contact people, you interview them, and, and you figure out if they're good or not, right? So I have a full system behind how I do that, and I'm pretty good at it. 
Uh, and we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Because I think that's the reason I brought that up is it's part, it's hard. It's also as a small business, you're so many plates are spinning, right? You do, you're trying to find it. Like, you get to the point where you're like, oh gosh, like you, I, I need to get help. I'm going to carve off some time a week to do it. To then go and add a, uh, an interview process on the top of that seems sounds boring. It sounds you know hard. It's hard. So, so like just whittling it down to like three to five candidates so you can be like, here it is on a platter. We think this is exactly what you need because part of the reason is also the hiring process becomes really, really cumbersome to the point where people don't want to do it, right? So how do you... What advice do you have for people out there thinking about hiring a VA, but not knowing where to start and, and, and how to streamline that hiring process? Okay, so a couple things. Number one, what I found was for people in the US, the, the closest match you're gonna find from another country is in the Philippines. This is why I, this is why I'm going to the Philippines. This is why kind of like the US, the United States has, op- has woken up to this over the last 10 years. Right. This is why they're, like if you're in the US, you get a call center. That call center is not in India anymore. It's not in Mexico. It's in the Philippines. Because people woke up to the cultural uh, similarities between the Philippines and the US. So like in the Philippines, they watch American TV. They watch American movies. They, they, I was in the, I've only been to the Philippines once. It was in 2010. Uh, I was in the hotel lobby. There was a Filipino worker and customer arguing across the front desk, arguing in English. Right. So that's the first thing that's like, okay, street signs are in English, billboards are in English. Uh, you don't have a communication issue in the Philippines. Right. So that's the, the first step of finding a good person is, is the Philippines. So, and, and there's obviously good people everywhere. There's a cult, a set of cultural things that really make a big difference when we're doing what I'm talking about. So then here's my recruiting process and I'll, and I'll give you five steps. So, the first thing is, I have always found that an entrepreneur recruits best by, for themselves. Like, I can recruit for you, and I'll be 50-50. I'll find you a good person half the time. If right. you do the recruiting following my process, you'll find someone good 80% of the time. Yep. Right? So, it, you're always better recruiting for yourself than having someone else recruit for you. So, here's what I do. I post a job on onlinejobs.ph. Uh, with my description. Uh, as I post that job, I go on and I look at profiles of workers. So you just go on and browse profiles, like search, you want a, a, a real estate assistant, for example, search real estate and look at the profile, start getting an idea of like, what are the skills that these people have? How much money are they at asking to make? Um, what, 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 what generally am I going to find, right? So then in posting your job, you have a really good idea of like, Oh, I want someone who has investing experience or someone who worked as a VA for an investor before. Uh, I have an idea of the, here's the salary that I'm looking for, right? So you're going to post your job about that. That's step number two, I think. Then the next step is you're going to get responses from people. And in your responses, you, you might get a hundred responses, right? Which is too many. Right. Um, so, Which it becomes overwhelming. You're like, gosh, I don't want to go through 100 responses. Right. You don't want to go through 100 and you shouldn't. So let's go back to the job post for a second to prevent this. So one of the things you're going to include in your job post is a sentence that says something like, when applying, make the subject of your application uh, real estate investor VA and then your name. So this way, anybody who doesn't follow the directions, you just discard them immediately. And that will weed out at least half of the applicants right there, right? So from there, you're going to ask, and this is, this is my next step, and this is kind of where my magic happens of finding a good VA almost every time. I'm going to start asking questions of these people, and I'm going to ask them one, two, three, four questions in an email across four, five, ten emails. And those questions, like I have a set copy and paste that I'm going to send to everybody who responds. Um, I'm going to ask you then the same questions and then they're going to respond. And then I'm going to ask them two or three more questions and, and maybe I'll customize each one to, they said something intriguing in their thing, right? What you'll find as you do this is most people are going to drop out immediately. Right. And you're going to end up with people that are, that are paying attention, right? So then as I do this, here's the things that I'm looking for. And this isn't, this isn't nearly as difficult as you think when it doesn't entail 
oh, I got to interview each of these people over the phone or over Skype or whatever, right? This is just an email. So there's a couple things I'm looking for. Number one, how is their attention to detail? So if I ask you four questions and you only respond to three of them, well, then I know that after I hire you, I'm going to give you four tasks and you're only going to do three of them. Like that doesn't work for me, right? Number two, I get to see how quickly do you respond? So if it takes you three days to respond during the interview process, chances of you taking three days to respond after I hire you are really high. That doesn't work for me in a virtual relationship, right? Number three, I get to see their English. So like it's reasonable to have your friend help you write your, your profile on online jobs. It's not reasonable to have your friend respond with you to 10 different emails across five days, right? Right. So, so you know really, really well their attention to detail, their communication habits, their English, how good their English is. You get a really good idea of their, of their personality and how you mesh together. Like, am I excited to get an email from this person or is this one kind of painful, right? Mm-hmm. And in that case, like, you've weeded out 95% of the people already, right? So at this point, I have a couple people left. I will give them a test task. And maybe that test task is one of the things that I want them to do. It's going to be something simple. It's probably going to take them 10 minutes to an hour, right? And, and my goal with this isn't just to see who does this the best, but it is either to see, like, how well do you follow instructions? How well do you figure things out? How well do we work together? Mm. Because how well we work together is going, I mean, that first VA that I had has been 15 years, right? And how well, well you work together really makes a difference, especially when this is a long-term thing, right? So at that point for me, I mean, I have a really dang good idea of who to hire. And right. after having been through this process, like my chances of keeping this person for five years or more is really, really high. So just to recap, it's posting the job articles, the job, job description, I should say, right. with a subject line in there, with, with an instruction in there to say, respond in the subject line with these six words, right? Something or, like that, right? Yeah. Something like that, right? Once you have got those responses, and you have a... F- so hold on. While you're posting your job, you need to go browse some resumes. That's an important yep. step. Don't miss that. Because you need okay. to understand what exists. Like, who are yes. these people? What, are, what skills yes. do they have, right? Right. So you're browsing, then you respond to the gluttony of people who actually responded well to you with a four task, a copy and paste email with a couple of tasks in it. And then they respond. And then whoever doesn't respond out of that will obviously will not respond. You're you're slowly weeding the the stack, uh, thinning out the stack, the, the herd, I should say. And then you're starting to see the people who actually do respond. What are their responses? How detailed oriented are they? And hopefully you've got down to probably less than 10 at this point, right? You've gone from, you know, hundreds to, to tens to less than 10 in this process. And from that, you'll be able to determine based down more on personality, attention to detail, their English, and specifically what tasks you want them to do, the greater task you want them to do. Not, not obviously just the, the, the three or four tasks you've assigned them in order to get through the process, right? That, that's sort of in a nutshell what, you, what you're doing. Yes. So the, I'm asking questions, not necessarily mm-hmm. tasks that I do this. Right, right. And then a yep. test task at the end. Also, if you're going to do a Skype interview, you, you want to do it towards the end of the process. Like you don't want mm-hmm. to interview 30 people. You want to interview two. Right. Right? Yep. So, so if you're going to do that Skype interview, you do it at the end of the process. And, what, and what then, ta- you go ahead. Then it's, it, there's a lot of things to to base it on. But the hardest part of this is post the job. That's the hardest mm-hmm. part. Uh, Cause then you're going to see like, okay, this person has these skills. This person wants this much money. Um, this person is, you know, like you'll have a really good idea. Right. Right. No, I think that's, I think this is all extremely good advice because so many people can, can just get caught up in, in the day to day and not allow themselves to go out and outsource. Yeah. What type of skills do you mainly see in your virtual assistants online? And when I say skills, there's, there's writing, there's reaching out in lead gen, there's repurposing content. What are the sort of 10, less than 10 tasks that you, you typically see people needing help with in their business, but online or not? So I, I have 26 people in the Philippines that work for me. Wow. They are, they are programmers, designers, uh, front-end web people, they're back-end admin people, they're content writers, they're social media I have an HR person, I have editors, 
like uh, video, audio editors. Um, I see people hiring telemarketers. I see uh, general lead gen. I see, um, I mean, basically anything that can be done online, on a computer or on a phone, I see it. Like I saw someone hire a cab designer this week. Wow. Uh, I've seen yep. people hire attorneys to help like do legal work. Um, mm. I, I've, wow. I've seen uh, all kinds of stuff. And, and generally, so like there's a couple of things, I, really what I would say is there's a couple of things that you don't want to do. Right? Okay. <laughs> so the things you don't want to outsource are, are like designing the, the sales process for your prospects, right? So if, you, if, if you're gonna be talking to homeowners about selling their house to you, right? Mm -hmm. You don't wanna just say, hey, will you, I just want you to call these people and start selling to them. But no, like that's your job. Your job is to sell. Uh, it, once you have a sales process down, then you can get someone else to do it for you if you can teach that process. And this goes back to the very first thing I said was the first thing you should hire for is something you know how to do that you can teach someone. Right? Yep. Um, so don't, don't give up like the sales process or the, the, the marketing branding work of your business. That, which, that's is, which is the black time, which we spoke about earlier. Right. You know, and then the blue time is the manufacturing, the, the, yeah. the, convo the conveyor belt, right? And the red is just all admin. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, that's, they're, they're, and that's, that's, that's really like, I mean, any, if, you, if you go on and look at onlinejobs.ph, you look at the categories that we have, man, like, and there's everything from like WordPress, build me a WordPress site to bookkeepers to attorneys or like project managers or programming in specific languages or what, you know, whatever that is, or uh, Facebook marketing or Facebook paid marketing, like Facebook ads or Google AdWords or SEO or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I have people that does every one of those things. Right. So, right. That's awesome. Well, mate, we're coming to the end of this show. I want to make, be very conscious of your time, but what does 2020 have in store for you and your business? So I have a book coming out. Very nice. Soon. Um, and What's it called? It's called The Outsourcing Lever. Okay. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I've had, I've had a lot of people say like, oh man, I wish I would have had that when I started. Um, <laughs> we, we, have, we have a couple different things coming out. Like I have a, uh, a seven day seven day, I will walk you through the hiring process to make it super simple for you. Um, it's not online yet. And then I have, a, I have a product where I will, my team will help you as you do your hiring. So like I, I said that one of the things that we, that always works better is when the, the employer is involved in the hiring process. So we have a process where we'll do the recruiting for you. It's $500. It's very profitable for us. I hate it. Um, because it's 50, 50, like mm. half the time it works out, half the time it doesn't. And when it doesn't work out, then you've wasted some time and we've wasted time. It just sucks. Right. Right. But when you do the recruiting and we hold your hand through it, uh, we're like 90%. Like That's it's, awesome. it's really, really successful. And it makes it so easy for someone to feel confident in who they are. So that's another product that we have launching very soon. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, very excited to feel, see the book coming out and I think understanding the process there. But, uh, but mate, at the end of every show, we like to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to dive into it? Yep, let's do it. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? Uh, every day I read scriptures. I keep my spirit up. I, I feel it. like if you neglect, like you have four senses or whatever, you have physical and emotional and mental and spiritual. And I feel like so often we neglect spiritual. And that has been so important for me is to keep that up. Is that more recent uh, times you've rediscovered that? No. Nope. I've, I've done that all through the years and it has been so good for me. Awesome, man. Awesome. Who's the most influential person in your career to date? Oh, crap. Um. So I don't, I don't want to say in my career, but in my lifestyle, uh, sure. early on, I read the four hour work week and, and I was really close to it at the time. And he, that, that really like shifted some of the things that I did. So that, that mm -hmm. was really good. 
Yep. So Tim, Mr. Tim Ferriss, I'd love Ferris. to get him on this show one day. I love, I love that book. It's, it opened up so many possibilities. And that was that first released in 2004? Was that in and around the same? It could have been. Anyway, it talked, to, excuse me, in, in that time, it talked to, I think in the book, they talked a little bit about virtual assistants back then. Yeah. So anyway, he's, good stuff. He has talked about online, using online jobs uh, since. Yes. Then, so. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, in your business, since clearly online, uh, what is the most influential tool? Now, when I say tool, it could be physical. Like some people say a phone is a really interest is a really most influential tool, but there could also be a software. So what's the most influential tool in your day-to-day business? So, okay, this is actually, I had a couple thoughts here, but this is the really, really good one. So the really, really good tool is Snagit. It Snagit. is Snagit. What's Snagit. that about? It is, it, this is, so when working with VAs, which that's my biggest tool is my VAs, right? Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. But when working with VAs, Snagit is screen recording, screen capture software. You click a button, you like drag it out on your computer screen, and now it's going to capture that section of your screen and you can draw all over it or you can write arrows or write on it, or whatever, and then you send it to the person in the Philippines so they know exactly what you're thinking. Snagit mm-hmm. takes it a step further. It's not just a screen capture. It'll record a video. So like this, I do this every single day. This is how I communicate with my team. I drag it out on, on something and I'll say, and then I'll start talking. Click, click record and start talking like, hey, I really love what you did here, but I want you to take this piece and drag it over here and, and go, get, go to this website and get this piece of data and put it in here, whatever. And then you stop, click upload it, uploads it to a server and deals with all that for you. And you, then you just send the URL of the video to your person in the Philippines. And that changed my ability to communicate to communicate, to train, and to work with the virtual workers. That's, a, that's my number one tool. It's funny you bring up the, the videoing. Uh, I do it a lot more now. I use Zoom and I, sh- I still use Zoom obviously for this type of stuff, but I need a new snag because Zoom's a little bit clunky where it's like, you got to open it up, you got to start the video, it downloads to your thing. It's like, you know, then you got to re- you got to send it via Dropbox, but having, uh, there's another one called Loom, L-O-O-M. It's more for email communication where you, pr- you, pr- you press it, and you talk, man, I love what you wrote in that email. I'm um, just thinking about this, this, and this, this, send, rather than actually physically typing. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I, I've used tons of these. Snagit is the best. Okay. Uh, better than Loom. Um, and it, because Loom only captures video, doesn't just capture like a screenshot. And often yeah. I just want to send a screenshot, right? Another mm-hmm. one, so Snagit is like $50, I think. Tiny Take is free and does all the same things. So okay. you, you guys can write that down. Tiny, tinytake.com, I think. Um, it's really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. In one sentence, what has been the biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from that failure? Uh, n- not understanding the market I was going into, how to get in front of the market before I went into a business. That's been the biggest failure. And I've done it a number of times. Um, have you changed it? What's, what's changed now? So, so one of the biggest things is I, if, I, if I look at a business opportunity and I, and I don't know how, I don't understand the market, I don't do it. Mm, okay. that, so, so that's you, a big deal for got me. It. Got it, got it, got it, got it, yep. so that, that, that If you like the market, but you don't necessarily know how to get in front of it, it's more to do with just figuring that part out, but you do like where it's going in terms of the market. Yep, got it. I understand. Mate, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your sphere. They want to find out more about your virtual assistants. Where do they go? So onlinejobs.ph is the place to go. Um, I don't know when, but the outsourcing lever will be out very soon. And uh, that will be outsourcinglever.com. But uh, so I I don't do social media. Hmm. Um, But if you message me on Facebook and you find John Jonas, uh, you can, I, I will message you back. I, I'm always available through email. So if the, like the best thing to do is use the contact us link at online jobs and yep. say, this is for John. Obviously it doesn't come to me at first, right? <laughs> but if you say this is for John or I have a question for John or, or whatever, they know forward it immediately to me and I will respond directly to you. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. Well, John, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. I just want to reflect some of the things back to you that I took away from today. I think it's, you know, the, the fundamental steps in which to, to approach hiring a virtual assistant, but even going back one step further and looking at what you can teach someone. I think the, the, the ability that what you have is that you can identify tasks in your business and you came through 
the school of hard knocks a little bit, like failing a little bit, not understanding how to get the hell out of your own way to learn about and, under, and identifying tasks in which you can teach others and getting the hell out of your own way. And I think that you, you clearly were an early adopter back in the, the early 2000s because no one was talking about it back then. It's only really in the last 10, not even 10 years, five years that people have really started to ramp up the, the, the online, online game. Um, and I think in terms of just understanding the value of having other people in your business and that they are assets for the business in, in, in the long term and, and taking the time to explain the task and get better at a, becoming a better manager. So, so yeah, did, did I leave anything out? No, that's great. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the idea of understanding that, that you're, this is an asset mm-hmm. that you're hiring and you can train an asset, that's fine. Like you can right. work with an asset. They don't have to be perfect the first time. You know, as like the, the old school way of doing it is to hire a contract worker and they have to be perfect the first time because they're not an asset because <laughs> they're gone as soon as you've paid them, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, mate, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your week and we will catch up very, very soon. Thank you. This has been great. Well, there you have another cracking episode jam back with some incredible advice from John. Please get over to his website at onlinejobs.ph, that's uh, standing for the Philippines, and understand his process of hiring an online virtual assistant. If you are thinking about it, I do implore you and encourage you guys to sit down with a pen and paper and understand the task that you need to get the hell out out of um, and get out of your own way because you will be the bottleneck in the growth of your business without bringing on some virtual assistants and they can vary. And John was explaining all the different tasks uh, earlier in the open episode about what you can outsource. So think about the tasks in your businesses that you can outsource and just take some action and go and do it. I want to thank you all again for taking some time to continue to grow your financial IQ. And we're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a crack.